Purdue has won a league-best 25th Big Ten title, at least a share of it as of now, although it comes at a time when the Boilermakers have lost four of their last six games, including Saturday night in Mackey Arena to Indiana. With a week left in the regular season, where are the needed fixes? Let's talk hoops with Mike Carmen. I'm Kyle Charters on Gold and Black Radio. Carmen is sec, but first this. Sand Valley is hosting its annual Brews and Brats Festival March 17th through 19th. Get in early and enjoy a complimentary sampler flight and snacks before the Brewmaster Dinner Friday night hosted by New Glarus. Saturday afternoon features a self-guided beer tour from Wisconsin and Greater Midwest Breweries, complete with snacks, games, and live music by the Jason McNabb Duo. Get your tickets today by calling 877-347-2402 or by visiting Sand Valley Pursuits front slash events, front slash SV dash brews brats. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. All right, Carm, the Boilermakers have won the Big Ten, at least a share of the title. They're league-leading 25th. It comes in a little bit of unusual fashion. Purdue has hit a little bit of a skid here recently, having lost four of six games, including uh, being swept by the Hoosiers, Indiana winning the return trip to Mackey Arena on Saturday night. I guess uh, winning the Big Ten championship with two games remaining in the schedule, even though you've lost some games uh, recently, tells you how big a cushion the Boilermakers had coming into these last couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, and and, and I don't, I think people might lose, um, you know, lose some context here where, you know, Purdue got off to a really good start in the league, and. They put themselves in a position, you know. Every 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 team in the league has gone through a stretch like this. Yeah, maybe not exactly losing four out of six, but they all go through a stretch. That's why there's like what a hundred teams that are eleven and seven right now, tied for <laughs> second place in the Big Ten. Yeah. So everybody goes through this stretch. Purdue's going through its stretch right now, but they build up enough of a cushion to withstand something like this. Now, if you if you reverse it, where Purdue struggled early and then came on late, obviously you would feel a lot better about the team going into the final week of the season and in the Big Ten tournament. But, you know, it's just it's up to them now to kind of climb out of this. Um, I, I don't think there was pressure to go win the Big Ten. Uh, as you mentioned, not the ideal situation to back into it like that, but in, in two weeks no one's going to remember that yeah. a Western loss gave Purdue the Big Ten title and 
you know, it's still a Big Ten title. Now, now you you go out and try to win it outright. Make sure you get the number one seed uh, in the in the Big Ten tournament, and maybe get yourself back into a more comfortable number one seed position uh, with the NCAA tournament. Yeah. It's hard for me even to describe it as backing in when you've when you've won at least a share of it with two games left, right? right. No, I mean, you're right. yeah, Fair I mean, point. I mean, it's 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 it, it's purely coincidental even that Northwestern played after Purdue played this weekend, right? Like, <laughs> like it's yeah. just that's just a scheduling right. issue. So, yeah, I, mean, as I, was saying, I look at the big picture of the Big Ten and what Purdue did. Or what has what Purdue has done this season to put themselves in the position to win a piece of the title with a week to go, and yeah. that's where you, you do have to step back a little bit and get away from what's happened here the last couple of weeks, and just realize that you know, and I've said this before, I, you know, I think Purdue from start to finish, you know, has been the the the, the best the best team in the Big Ten. Now, are they playing the best right now? No, but that's why you play. That's why you play twenty games. That's why you started in December and you, you go all the way through through early March. And you know, I think you know, to win this thing outright would probably be the next step to to validate the kind of season that they've had in the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, but you know, they need to kind of get a little bit of their mojo back here uh, heading into the postseason. Is Purdue playing the best in the Big Ten? Uh, no, that's <laughs> Nebraska. <laughs> what? <laughs> crazy um that said you don't want to be a week away from postseason having lost uh several games in this last stretch what if anything is the most concerning about how purdue has played here recently that's a loaded question um because i mean it depends on the game you know some games they have turnovers other other games they don't have turnovers They've been pretty consistent in the rebounding area, so that's not a overriding concern. Even though they did get uh, out rebounded by Maryland, but you know, to me, the the surprising thing is in two games against Indiana, they're plus thirty two on the boards, and they're zero two against the Hoosiers. Yeah, um, but some games it's turnovers, and as we as we saw Saturday night, you know, Purdue could not get the three ball to go, and you know, I are they relying too much on the on the three-point shot, I mean, they, they have shooters. They have guys, you know, we've seen them hit those shots. So I think it depends on the game uh, as far as where your concern level lies. And Saturday was the inability to not only not hit a three-pointer, but uh, I think they missed eight layups. Um, you know, they had plenty of good looks at the rim. You know, Zach Eady's eight of 17, which is not what Zach Eady does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were they were off from a shooting standpoint, but they do need to get that back. And you know, I know this has been brought up, but during Indiana seventeen to two run, you know, Zach did not attempt a shot during that time. And if you're struggling from three, you know, I think you you have to you have to go inside and try to get an easier shot. And Purdue has the should have the ultimate easier the easy shot maker, and that's Zach Eady, who's been been pretty close to automatic around the rim. He wasn't the other night, but so you you know you've got to you know you've got to adjust a little bit. But I you know I think the concerns kind of 
way with the opponent that you play. Yeah. You know, Thursday at Madison, you're going to be in a slower pace game where possessions are going to be really valuable because of the way Wisconsin plays and the way that Purdue, Purdue likes to play. Uh, so you've got to be able to take care of the ball and you've got to be able to knock down some shots and you've got to be able to defend a little bit better than what they did the other night. And But sometimes, you know, as you know, you know, you get an NBA player like Jalen Hood Shafino and he just kind of takes over and does his thing. And But you have to do things to try to knock him off the spot. But, you know, with that game, I also thought that Trey Galloway and Miller Cop were, were huge in the yeah. second half kind of put Indiana over the top. But, yeah, in a roundabout way, I, I hope I answered your question. I think it kind of varies from game to game what, what's concerning and what's not. And uh, you don't know till you really kind of get into it. But there are some things they need to clean up, and um, and that has to start this week. This is just a basketball comment, right? Because you can say this about any team. But Purdue needs its guards to be impactful. And Purdue happens to have two freshman guards uh, that are getting a bulk of those minutes in Brain Smith and, and Fletcher Lawyer. But those guys have got to be impactful, even if they're not hitting shots, which you'd also like them to hit shots. Uh, but it, it feels like that has sort of come and gone here over the last few weeks. Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, but, you know, you, I think Braden Smith is an excellent rebounder. Yeah. And, you know, I think his numbers back that up, and I think he – kind of gets the ball to the right people. So his, his assists are up. Um, you know, Fletcher, maybe not the rebounder that Braden is. But you're right. They have to do some other things besides shoot the ball. Um, you know, Fletcher's probably more, you know, he can – he's shown he can get the ball to the rim on, on occasion. You know, the thing with Braden, he, he does get caught in the lane – uh, trying to make a spectacular play. And, mm-hmm. you know, as Peter is well known for saying, you know, play off two feet. Yeah. You know, I think the other night he got himself trapped a few times uh, underneath the basket or deep in the lane. So those those are things, those are possessions that you just can't give away in that type of game. But, you know, they do need to, they do need to shoot a little bit better. Um, I think against Indiana now, I think they were 11 of 43 in two games. Uh, it's not the reason that they lost, but it's when you say impactful, I think they can do it in a lot of different areas. But the biggest the biggest one is their their production from a scoring standpoint that they need. I think Purdue needs a little bit more there. And they, I think early in the year, midway through the year, they were playing like juniors. And I'm not going to say they're back to playing like freshmen. Uh, because they're doing some other good things besides shooting the ball. But they need to get back to that level. It, it, it seems like when one plays well, the other plays well. Yeah. When one doesn't play well or has you know a couple turnovers here and there, the other one has a turnover or two. So whether that's what kind of dynamic is going on there, I don't know. But uh, they need both of them. They're going to need both of them to get going. Uh, just like everybody else. And, you know, as Painter said after the game, they're not complimenting Zach Eady very well right now. Yeah. And that's where those two guards come into play. That's where Mason Gillis comes into play. That's where Caleb First comes into play. That's where Ethan Morton comes into play. That's where all these guys <laughs> that, that's where all these guys come into play, where you have to compliment your big guy a little bit better. And we've seen 
them do that a lot this year. It's just not happening here recently. Yeah. I think some opponents in Indiana certainly did, it felt like, have found a way to take advantage of some of the things that Purdue is doing defensively. And I guess that should happen when you've played uh, 30 games. Some things are on, on film. But the, the, the way in which Purdue is defending the pick and roll with Zach Eady and the drop coverage and thing. I mean, Indiana, to Mike Woodson's credit, and I thought they did this down in Bloomington as well, though they did it more than with Trey Galloway, I thought, did it certainly a ton with Hood Shafino, and he was he was excellent. I'm just hitting that little the, the little floater uh, from, from 10 feet where Edie is just dropping off. Um, does Purdue need to do anything differently there or, or what? I mean, not everyone is going to be able to take advantage of that like Indiana did, though Wisconsin might be able to. Um, but it does seem like, you know, Purdue has not been as sharp defensively, and perhaps that is because teams have figured out a little bit about what Purdue is doing here. Well, I would say going into this game, the Indiana game, when you looked at the numbers of Hood Shafino, he was god-awful on the road shooting-wise. Yeah. I mean, he just was. So you play those percentages. To me, you play those percentages up to a point. But early in the game, when he started hitting, you know, I think then is when you have to to change a little bit. You know, maybe you, maybe you double him to get the ball out of his hands or you, you do some different things. But, you know, the, the way basketball – is viewed nowadays from an analytical perspective, the mid range jumper is a bad shot. Yeah. And it's a bad shot until somebody like Hood Shafino starts hitting those shots. <laughs> and it's a good shot for them. And it's a oh, bad shot for you. Johnny Davis hit about a thousand of them last year in, in Mackey right. Arena. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's always going to come into play of what, you know, should you, should you change stuff? And I, you know, you know, painter, and people that are listening to this know Painter really well. And it's not a—it's not that he's stubborn. It's just this is what he's going to do. This is what he's going to teach. You're in game 30. You're just not going to scrap everything and do it, you know, do something different. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think they'll stick with that. But the other thing, too, I mean, who who who's Purdue going to play here that can do what Hood, Hood Shafino did? Now, in the NCAA tournament, we don't know that question the answer to that question because they don't know who Purdue's going to play. Right? Could, could a Purdue opponent in the NCAA tournament have a similar player to Hood Shafino and they're going to do the same thing? Now, Wisconsin probably has some players that can do that. Illinois has some players that can probably do that. But, I, you know, I think Purdue will stick with what it's doing, just mm -hmm. try to do it better or maybe do some different things to to get the ball out of the hands of that of that person. But you know, doing sweeping changes at this point probably will not be in the best interest of, of everyone involved. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back, talk a little bit more hoops, including uh, looking ahead to the Big Ten tournament a bit. We'll do that coming up next. This is Gold and Black Radio. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at twdesignbuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. So, Carmen, if, if Purdue wins at Wisconsin Thursday, then takes care of Illinois on the lone senior day, I guess, uh, David Jenkins Jr. this weekend on Sunday. You know, I <laughs> the narrative always changes, it seems like, from week to week. That would, you know, those are two good opponents that you could take care of business in uh, and, and feel a little bit differently headed to the Big Ten tournament, certainly. Yeah, I mean, they, they're, they're also two opponents you haven't played this year. Yeah. And that's odd in the Big Ten that you get to the last week and you've got two single plays to finish out the year. You know, Wisconsin's reeling a bit um, after Sunday's loss to Michigan where, depending on what side of the uh, coaching fence you come down on, fouling up three uh, in the in the final seconds, they didn't do <laughs> it, and they got burned by Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. And uh, Illinois, you just – you don't know – I mean, we're 30 – some odd games into the season, and I have no idea what Illinois team is going to show up every every <laughs> night. Really? I mean, they look, you know, Northwestern took it to them for like 25 minutes, and then they look like national champs the rest of the way. And then they go to uh, an Ohio State uh, team that is really struggling and basically get their butt beat by the Buckeyes. And so I have no idea what Illinois team is going to show up on Sunday. I guess it depends what they do on Wednesday, Thursday, or whatever day they play to, to give you an idea. But, you know, Purdue, this, this week should be all about Purdue just kind of getting itself in the, in the right frame, the right, uh, the right position to, uh, to feel good going into the Big Ten tournament. I know the Big Ten tournament's not going to be a huge deal for Purdue, but it might be from a, you know, when you look at the NCAA tournament perspective, as far as getting yourself in the best position, yeah, uh, to get to get a number one seed or at least be pretty high on the two line, uh, and you know Purdue has not wrapped up the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament yet, and they need a win in one of these last two games to do that, uh, because I there's projections that I think Purdue could fall as far as third if there's some sort of million team tie uh, <laughs> for, for the, for the top spot uh, third or fourth. Uh, so you want to, again, you want to be in the best position possible. And the best position is, you know, getting the number one seed. Yeah, I had not yet looked that up with the bracket generator to see what would happen in a, in a multi-team tie with Purdue, how far it could go. The weird thing about the, Big Ten tournament. I'm not sure I've seen a season exactly like this one. You mentioned it. There's like a, a hundred teams that are all tied at at like ten and seven in the Big Ten or ten and eight or whatever it is. Uh, eight teams, I think, vying for basically the last three spots in the double buy. Essentially, if if Purdue is sort of at least guaranteed to be in the double buy at this point, um, have you ever seen anything like that? I mean that that is that's a lot. It feels yeah. Like. You have to go back and see if you know. As it happened before, I can't remember happening to this extreme where you have, you know, I think it is the four teams 
that are 11 and 7. Now, two of those teams are Indiana, Michigan. They play each other in the last game. So, yeah. Someone will suffer an eighth loss unless they suffer an eighth loss before they play. <laughs> yeah. Cuz, you know, it's just these teams are still going to beat up on each other. But I think um yeah, it's been a weird year cuz you're going to have you're going to have one of those teams at least right now, one of those teams is not going to get a double bye, which is going to be a pretty good team. Like you could have Indiana, Michigan, uh, Maryland potentially, uh, you know, Northwestern still hanging around. One of those teams is going to be the fifth seed and going to feel cheated a little bit because they had an equally good year, but it's going to come down to tiebreakers and stuff like yeah. that. And you don't know who at this point is going to sneak up and potentially grab the four seed, you know, someone with eight losses that maybe wins two games this week while a couple teams above them stumble a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it, this is this is what, you know, the last day of the regular season is going to be filled with so much drama and all this stuff that it's going to make a very interesting Sunday. You just – you hope for Purdue's standpoint that they win Thursday – and they can kind of sit back and <laughs> watch the chaos unfold. Yeah, without them impact, without it impacting them in a in a big way. Yeah, and we're we're talking about the eight teams for those four spots outside of out of outside of Purdue, but also ain't nobody right now want to play Nebraska. Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, no. can they? I, I you probably haven't looked that deeply into this, but if Nebraska. If the Cornhuskers win their last two games, which won't be easy, I think they play Michigan State at home and then at Iowa. Could they could they get the Saturday in the Big Ten tournament and and get themselves on the bubble for the NCAA tournament? Their net as of this morning was ninety two, which is low, but but yeah. there'd be two more quad wins this week if they won them. Yeah, I would. Uh, my my quick answer to that, without studying their body of work, which is something that you wouldn't have said this year about Nebraska. Yeah. Uh would be no. Uh they'd have to win the Big 10 tournament because I, I, I they're not even are they at 500 yet overall? Yeah, they're 15 and 14. So okay. by that by by math there if you if you won if you finish 4 and 1, so win the two games this week, which will be two more quad one victories, they're they're 3 and 10 versus quad one. So you could win two, 5 and 10. You know, maybe you pick up another one or two in the Big Ten tournament and lose. So nineteen and fifteen, with maybe you know six quad one victories. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it, uh, at least it seems like it would get them in conversation, which uh, I mean seems a little bit crazy. But they're fun to watch. I mean, it's they are in, uh, in I'll, sort of exciting. I'll stick with my original answer and say no. Yeah. Say good luck in the NIT. Yeah, they might win it. Who knows? Well, I mean, I, I think for them, if the whole goal, in my opinion, for them is just to finish over 500 and try to get an NIT bid. Yeah. And, you know, and that, you know, when you came into this year, you had two coaches that were on the hot seat in the Big Ten, Chris Collins, and he should have, he should fix that with what they've done. And then Fred Holberg was on the hot seat as well. Yeah. And if he can get them to the NIT, and I know that's not the ultimate goal, but if he gets them into any postseason play, especially the NIT, you know, that kind of – that should settle down that situation uh, a little bit. But 
far as the NCAA, I think they have to they'd have to win the Big Ten tournament to to get in. Yeah. All right, out of time. Thanks, Carm. All righty, thank you. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, as always. If you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Mike Carmen, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Gold and Black Radio.